Welcome back, Patrick Wax Picks, the show where we analyze every game from every conference so you can make the best picks. As always, we're your hosts, the Three Garrets. This weekend was another great weekend of lacrosse, a lot of good games. Conference play is the best thing to happen every single year, and it did not disappoint once again this past weekend. We are in the thick of it. We are deep in the depths of the jungle of the season. The top 20 has started to solidify, I think, especially the top 10. Maybe the order, not so much, but I think there's definitely a clear cutoff, especially once you get north of 15. Um, but that doesn't mean upsets can't, upsets can't happen. And I think as conference play continues, we're going to consistently be surprised every every week. And yeah, like we not only had upsets all over the D1 landscape, D3 had plenty of them as well. Um uh, Glazers, Gettysburg, Bullets, uh, they went down to Denison. Devastating. Yeah, that's tough. Um, especially from a guy who went to Ohio Wesleyan and our big rival is Denison. That is a tough scene to watch. And uh, CNU had an awesome game against RIT uh, in the Mustang Classic. Took those guys down. Um, St. Lawrence took down Lynchburg on Friday night as well, Before, but Lynchburg was able to do bounce back and beat F&M. Um, Mustang Classic was awesome to watch. Like You had teams like Amherst, Bates, Dickinson as well. York also played, so that was a good time uh, to go and watch. I only got to watch like a few D1 games because I was preoccupied, but it was certainly uh, an awesome experience. It should be on every lacrosse fan's bucket list. You go to the Mustang Classic at least once. It's it's such a cool event. And uh, if you're not a D3 guy, like I think that's the entry point for you. Um, it's it's just awesome. So I highly, highly recommend it. Yeah. And Stevenson, I forgot to mention, also took down Dickinson in, in OT. Um, they scored the, the tying goal with like 30 seconds left and then scored in OT. It was That was electric. Not a good weekend for the Centennial Conference, but... We are Division One podcast. We have a new top 20, and I have the pleasure of giving you the receiving votes category. First up, Marquette, fresh off of that upset win. Arguably maybe a top 20 team, but definitely, definitely receiving votes. Um, Big East with them better is better overall, so they're receiving votes and the other two receiving votes are Michigan and Ohio state. Ohio state has now lost four in a row after, well, they lost four. Don't count Detroit mercy. They're just not doing well. So they're out, they're out of the top 20. So moving into the actual top 20. Now we have Boston at number 20 sneaking in now coming back after falling out after the preseason poll, Harvard hanging on after their OT win against Brown at 19. Princeton fell down to 18 after their OT loss. Jacksonville staying right around that 17 to 15. They're 17 this week. And Georgetown creeping up the polls again is our number 16 team. They're climbing a slow ladder for sure. <laughs> um, then we also have Denver, who's getting back into the mix at 15. Uh, Penn, after a gross game against Princeton, sits at 14. Army's making some noise as well, sitting at six and one, and they are our thirteenth-ranked team. And then UNC and Loyola rounding out the twelve and eleven spots. Penn State hangs on to the top ten despite their loss. Yale, after a ten-goal loss to Cornell, 
Uh, is that number nine? Hopkins with a crucial two-win weekend. Is it eight? Villanova staying strong at seven, and Rutgers keeps winning, and they are at six. And finally, to round out the top five, we have Cornell taking that five spot. Duke at four. UVA dropping down to three after that incredible game against Maryland. A record-breaking crowd. That was just awesome to see. And then Maryland moving up to the two spot. And last but certainly not least, the Notre Dame fighting Irish, who uh, certainly have a another tough game coming up this weekend. But enough about the top 20. Dog of the week. Very interesting process that I had to go through. I ended up finding out that I've been sleeping on this Lehigh freshman defenseman who is apparently leading the NCAA and, and caused turnovers this year. So I'm going to call myself out real quick and just say I am not an expert. I don't follow lacrosse as much as I present it to. So I apologize to him. I'm sure he'll be on this list shortly. But I had to give it to the entire D defensive units for Denver and Cornell. Denver had multiple pole goals and kept OSU to only 20 shots on goal the entire game. Also went 100% clearing and uh, against an OSU team who can ride pretty well when they want to. Well, I'll just say that, when they want to. Um, and then Cornell beat Yale by 10, uh, five goals for the first three quarters and five goals in the fourth quarter. Um, lowest total this season for the Yale Bulldogs. Also, the defense went 100% uh, at the clear game and held Lions and Brandau, their two top goal scorers, to just four goals the entire game. Just an awesome defense to watch. They looked very good and probably played the best team defense I've seen all year. Slides, one-on-ones, and clearing were awesome to see from both teams. It was tough to just narrow down to one uh, from either team, like I said, but they couldn't have got the dubs without everybody on defense playing as a unit and playing awesome team defense. Those are definitely two good picks. And I think we'll all, well, I'll just verbalize it, but we all want to shout out Denver this week too. They actually have a bye week. They're not playing anybody until next week or some other time, but uh, they're our fun team this week. So I, we just wanted to fit that in here, give them the acknowledgement, just like Voight said, their defense just looked, they were an imposing offensive threat. I mean, the, the, one of their best plays was their goalie assisted one mm-hmm. of their pole goal too. It was just freaking awesome how well they played against Ohio State that game. And it looks like Denver's clicking at the right time of the year going into um, Big East play, which is huge for them. And yeah, let's let's move on to the uh, to the games this past weekend, see how our records are shaping up. We had 43 games this past weekend. And I unfortunately did the worst out of all three of us. I had a record of 29 and 13, bringing my overall score to 189 and 70. Glazer and Voigt both tied past this past weekend with a record of 30 and 12, beat me by one game. And after that, Voigt now has an overall record of 183 and 76. And Glazer has an overall record of 188 and 71. So with that, let's just dive into the games for this week. Our first one on Tuesday is Dartmouth, Big Green, visiting Hampton, and Dartmouth will win this game. Yes, I said it last week, Hampton, you will get your time on this podcast, 
but this week is still not it. Big Green getting a big win after that throttling by UNC. Yeah, I'm going with uh, Dartmouth here as well. Next up on Tuesday, Navy off of that Friday night loss to Hopkins goes on the road to seventh-ranked Villanova. Look, Villanova is, I just think, head and shoulders better than this Navy team, and I think that they win um, comfortably. You know, never count out a Joe Amplo team, but I think Villanova should expect to win this one, and I'm going to take him here. Yeah, I agree. I, I think Villanova at home, just the better team overall. I have them winning this game. Yeah, same here. I'm going to follow suit. I got Villanova as well, but I will say Navy did look a lot better than I thought they did um, against Hopkins on Friday night. All right, next Tuesday matchup, we've got St. Bonaventure traveling to the Dome to face Syracuse. Oh, boy. Bonnies are averaging five goals per game in their last three outings. They're not winning at the Dome. I've got Qs all the way in this game. Yeah, I got Qs, too. They're just better at talent-wise right now. Um, they have a young team who have made plenty of mistakes, but certainly a good game for them to get back on track. Yeah, Syracuse is balancing their schedule with a lot of pretty easy games and some tough games. So I think they're growing with the right mentality. And yeah, they're going to get this one against the Bonnies. Good stuff. Next up, we have our first ranked matchup of the week. Our number 19 team, Harvard Crimson, is going up against the Boston Terriers. Uh, Certainly going to be an interesting game. Both teams uh, have been playing pretty well over the last few weeks. Um, and certainly going to be a tough matchup with Harvard being one of who is looking like a very good Ivy League team this year, and Boston, who is uh, I think they're on a, they're on a five game win streak now. Um, but I, I'm going to take Harvard here. I think they've played much better talent than Boston has over the last few weeks, and I think they're more tested than they are right at right now at this point in the season. Fully respect that pick, Voight. I Harvard just they're a little bit shaky to me. I I'm happy they beat Brown and OT, but they beat a Brown team that's kind of standing on one leg with all their seniors out right now. And I can't believe that game went to OT, if I'm being completely honest. Um because it, it worries me to pick them against a Boston team. He's, he's, I think he's gone. I think he's gone. Oh, I'm back in now. We lost you. What was the last thing you heard me say? I have no clue. I think Start you were talking. After you were done talking about the Brown game. Okay. So that game shouldn't have gone to OT, like I said. And I, I think that them traveling to Boston and playing a Boston team that is on a hot streak right now. They've won five in a row and they've got wins against three, in my opinion, solid teams in Bryant, UMass and Colgate. And because of that, I, I, I really think Boston turning a corner and they're starting to kind of become the team we thought they would be preseason before that opening season loss to Vermont. And Vince D'Alto has also not scored less than five points in a game this season. And he just came off a nine point outing against Holy Cross where they 
honestly took it to a Holy Cross team that hasn't been pummeled, pummeled in a game too bad this season. And Boston embarrassed them more than any team has so far. So I like Boston in this game. I think this is going to be a statement for them, give them a lot of momentum going into a really, really tough and competitive Patriot League this year. And I think they need this win just for momentum and morale going into conference play. Yeah, BU has lost the prior three matchups to Harvard, but two of those were in overtime. So this is clearly a very close series. Um, in this game last year, Voight and I both took the Crimson. We were right. Drybane, you took BU. You were pretty high on the Terriers last year. So, you know, that makes sense. I think it's time for BU to get a win here. Uh, so I, I agree with you this year. And I like the Crimson. I'm, I'm with Voight. I've liked them since the fall. But the Ivy League, just as overall, they're they're reversing this year. They're losing games that they won last year, and I think this is another iteration of that game of a game like we're seeing with all the Ivies at a conference. So I like a rising Terrier group here. I think BU was becoming the team that they were at the end of last year, and they they, they need a win like this if they're going to have any hope of making the tournament like they did last year. Moving on to our only Wednesday game for this week, we have High Point traveling to. North Carolina, and this is a high point defense that has already let up 20 or more goals twice this season, most recent being this past weekend against Georgetown where they let up 22. And this UNC offense objectively is the most explosive offense they have faced to date after UNC just dropped a bag on Dartmouth and dropped 25 on them. UNC is going to score a lot in this game, and it's going to be a blowout, I think. Tar Heels at home. Yeah, I was really su- surprised by North Carolina, to be honest with you. Like, I-, I did not think Dartmouth was going to lose that bad, um, especially after UNC lost to Duke. But, um, yeah, I think high point, they've been impressive. Don't get me wrong, but I think North Carolina wins this one. Um, probably not as bad as drive-in, I think. But I still still think probably by six, seven goals. Yeah, I, I don't got much to add. Um, North Carolina's just got more shooters. They got the better defense. They're pretty solid, the face-off X. Um, and they're just, I think they're all better than high point right now in this season and all fat sets right now. So I don't see UNC losing. All righty, moving on to our big Saturday slate this week. First matchup we're talking about is Hampton is traveling to Drexel, and I've got Drexel once again. Yeah, I got Drexel too, but I I don't know. Weird game again for Drexel. What's up with Drexel? I, I, I don't know. I mean, they're beating Lafayette. They're beating Towson. Like, but they're just still not that good. But yeah, they're good enough to beat Hampton. We'll see what they do in the rest of the CAA. All right, next up, we have another marquee matchup, another ranked matchup between two top 15 teams. The number 11 Loyola Greyhounds are taking on the number 13 Army Black Knights on Saturday. Uh, A lot of Patriot League uh, implications at stake here. Probably right now at this point in the season, the the top two teams in the Patriot League um, right now. Loyola, you know, they... Who'd they play? They beat Bucknell 14 to 13 this past weekend. 
but they seem to be struggling to face off X and that's something that army has been, um, has, has had some recent success in over the past few weeks. Um, and they've gained steam. I think they have, they're on a six game winning streak right now. Um, army's looking really good. Uh, Loyola seems to be falling off at certain points in the game. So I'm going to take, uh, army here in a very hard fought matchup matchup. Yeah, I mean, the last three iterations of this game have all been within one to two goals. Loyola lost to Army twice last year, once in the regular season, and then another time in the conference semifinals up at Boston. I think Loyola has to be still thinking about losing to Army twice last year. Like, that doesn't happen often. Um, Loyola needs a Maryland-like game. I think they're resting too much on their laurels of beating Maryland and beating Hopkins early in the year. And they, they need another Jake Stout, ridiculous performance, defense, ridiculous performance. Like, they just need to show up. And it's going to be tough. In West Point, that's a long drive. I'll be honest, boys. Like, if I don't have my Loyola homer bias, I'm taking the Black Knights here. They have been really good really surprising to me and i think it's just the smart pick given the face-off issues and otherwise but boys i I can't go against the hounds give them give them to me on the road in a cold west point loyola with a top 15 win back on track boys top 10 we we, we are a blind loyalty podcast here (laughs) i am so happy you're so committed to just picking loyola because the fall off is real for this team, and I, <laughs> I swear to God, if they somehow make the tournament just because of the outlier Maryland and Hopkins wins they had the first two games of the season, I mean, good for them. But they look night and day different than what they did in those first two games, and it started showing in the Rutgers game. And their their issue, their main issue that I have with them is the lack of a face-off presence, just not even just a FOGO, but wing play too. Uh, Once again, against Bucknell, they went, I think Pacheco went 38% at the dot. And you just, it it lets teams that aren't as good as you come in the games. Hence why they only beat Lafayette by four. They had to beat Towson and OT and Bucknell. They just only beat by one. They scraped by that win also. So I think against a team like Army that you can't do that against an explosive Army offense and a team that is hard defensively. They are physical. And I, I don't get me wrong, Lil is not completely out of this game, but they need to play a lights, lights out type of performance. And Stout needs to stand on his head like he did against Maryland and Hopkins if they want to even have a chance at winning this game so because i don't know if stock can do that and it's kind of like a he's already had two miraculous games this season i'm i'm gonna give army at home the benefit of the doubt in this matchup it's probably the smart pick but it's probably the wrong pick too let's go loyola all right next game Penn on the road to cornell we have another ivy league matchup Penn is 14 cornell is five As I mentioned last week, I was at Yale for this game uh, against Cornell, and it was awesome to see Ivy League action live, um, watching Kirst and Erlen and Brandau. Like, 
first of all, Ivy League's got some big freaking dudes across the field. Um, just the intensity of that game was was amazing. The crowd was awesome. Uh, everything that you kind of see on TV, even better in person. So I bring that up because I was so thoroughly impressed by Cornell. Um, I watched Connor Music a lot during that game, and just to see how fired up and intense he was, even when they were up eight or nine, like he was still in refs' ears about calls. Um, I think he's such an important part to this team's success, having those guys look at a guy and know that he's going to die for them. Um, from a coaching perspective, I think that means so much, and I think that's part of the reason why Cornell is so successful. And on the flip side, Penn. Look, we all took Princeton last week, and credit to Penn for a nice overtime win, but it was bad. They're just not playing well enough. They're 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 winning close games, but they're not looking good doing it. So I I have to go Cornell here, and I think it's pretty obvious. Yeah, Glazer, you just touched on it. Penn just looks bad like I, I they look sloppy sloppy is probably the best way to put it every single aspect about their gameplay is sloppy to me and it I, I am so annoyed by the fact that they keep digging out wins I mean good for them whatever I, I just they don't deserve these wins in my opinion they don't they don't deserve any of the wins they've gotten this year uh, I it's almost like Penn just somehow gets the other team they're playing to play down to their level. It's not like they play up to another team's level. They get whoever they're playing to play down to their level. And it's just some of the stuff that they do and they act I don't, in such a harsh word, but a little bit childish. I know Boyd's called them hotheads in the past and he is completely right with that description about their defense. It, as soon as he said it, if you pay attention to them, honestly, just for even a quarter of play, they they look just weird and dysfunctional as a defense, and they all will start. I've seen multiple defensemen punch the poles of the goal if they let in a goal. I've seen multiple of them bang their sticks on their helmet if they get beat on a one-on-one situation. It's just it's weird stuff that you'll see like tyke level players do because they just get angry and ah, I lost or like, oh, I messed up this one-on-one. And it's very weird to see what is supposed to be a disciplined high-end division one team do that. And it's just confusing. And Cornell should wipe with the floor with these clowns, I think. And I really want them to, and I really hope it does happen. So I, I am on the big red train for this game. Yeah, I'm I'm with Cornell as well. Like, but I think it's gonna be like what we have all pretty much summed up now. Um, I think it's gonna be a game. It's gonna be a close game where Cornell, you know, they play with a lot of energy, but Penn is gonna play up to them, or well, that the, Penn is gonna even out the talent level and make them play down to them. Um, however, we just worded it. I'm, but it's the it's Penn's third straight. Penn just had their third straight game, third straight one goal game second nine to eight game um and those games were against st joe's villanova and princeton st joe's you know they look all right they look like a borderline top 15 team princeton is falling is starting to fall through the cracks right now um and they're and over the last four games they're averaging 15 to 17 turnovers they had 17 turnovers against princeton uh in an ugly game um let me see here i want to because i i pointed it out last week that um, Sam Hanley, 
ha- has been averaging multiple turnovers per game, and this is the second, or, or this is like the third or fourth straight game with uh, three or more turnovers. Um, that's just not something you want to see from a Jorton, uh candidate. Um, and yeah, I love Cornell right now. I think their defense played awesome against Yale, um, against two of probably the two of the top goal scorers in the country right now. So yeah, I'm, I like Cornell here and it could be a close game, but I could also see Cornell just wiping the floor with them. Um, it, it's going to go one of either way, but I don't see Penn coming out on top. All right, moving on to our next matchup. We've got the number four Duke Blue Devils heading over to Hawk Hill in a game that I would have loved at the beginning of this season, and I probably would have been on Hawk Hill's side all the way. But, oh boy, oh boy. I, I know Voight and Glazer probably don't have too much to say about this game, and honestly, I don't either. Um, I just wanted to say one thing, and it's, we had St. Joe's as our struggle team last week, our panic team. They were hitting the panic button, and I guess their coaches also heard us say that because <laughs> uh, against St. John's, I don't know if you guys have looked at the box score yet. They went down into their bag, and they started their third-string goalie. And they oh, also That's why had, he had minutes. They mm-hmm. also had to pull him in the middle of the third quarter because he had three saves and allowed eight goals. And they had to put their four-string goalie in, Shane Ryan. Silver lining of this is that at this point in time, St. Joe's was only up 9-8. And this guy came in, and he had a 71% save percentage. Five saves, only two goals allowed for the rest of the game. So I don't know if that's a, a little bit of a bright spot at the position, but uh, if this kid makes his first career start against Duke, it's not going to go well. So Duke's winning this game, hands down. I Maybe St. Joe's can make some kind of movement if it looks like their goalie position is finally figured out. But, oh, God, that is a tough game to start your career in. So Blue Devils all the way. Yeah, as we're, you know, going through the, recording this, um, Duke is up 9-1 to one on Air Force, I believe. Um, I'm waiting for a commercial to come back, but it is a tough scene for – the Air Force Falcons, and it's probably going to be a similar outcome uh, against St. Joe's. Uh, is that goalie a freshman? I have no clue. Uh, I think he's a sophomore. Sophomore. You know, big um, props to him, next man up mentality right there. But, oh, boy, he's going up against Duke with some of the best shooters in the game right now. So I, I'm going to go Blue Devils. This is why we keep four or five goalies on a team, because sometimes you got to go – way in the depths of your depth chart to find the guy, and maybe St. Joe's has found the guy. doesn't matter who's in goal. Duke is winning this game. Like Boyd said, I'm watching them beat up on Air Force right now as well. Um, tough one for Hawk Hill. All right, moving on to the next one. We've got a nice little CAA matchup. We've got Fairfield traveling to Towson, and Towson might be the best 1-16 I have ever seen in college lacrosse history. Uh, They've lost two overtime games already and have played five teams that I think are all in the top 20 out of the seven games they've played or knocking on the door of the top 20. I think they finally get right in CAA play against Fairfield at home. 
they are they have to be hungry for this win. So uh, and they know they have to make a run in the conference tournament to make it to the uh, championship tournament. So I'm going to pick Towson in this matchup. I agree with you, Dryban. Uh, Towson is seven and one all time against Fairfield, and yeah, totally agree with what you said. It's just about damn time for Towson to get a win. Um, I still think they're dangerous in the CAA, but that means they need to win some conference games. Boys, what does a Tiger like most to eat? That's right. He likes some stags. I like the Tigers here a lot. Do not like Fairfield on the road. I just got like the bad kind of goosebumps with what you just said there. Um Oh man, I was so close to picking Fairfield in this game. I'll tell you what, boys. Um, I cannot. I it's. I disagree with Drybian's take. I like. I don't think Towson is like that good. I think that Loyola game was more of just Loyola being very bad, um, not winning at the faceoff dot. Um, I mean, they're one in five. They're um, and they definitely need a lot of work. Um, but I'm going to go with Towson here because I need to pick and choose my battles with the standings. But, oh boy, I would be all in on Fairfield if uh, the, the script was flipped. Next up. No, I make my own decision. No, I make my own decision. Oh, okay. 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 <laughs> Next up, we have Lehigh on the road to 16th ranked Georgetown. This is a very, very interesting matchup from my perspective, um, especially given the resurgence of Georgetown quietly kind of coming back onto the scene. Um, Georgetown beat a ranked Lehigh team last year, 14-11 on the road. I am still very proud of my Lehigh pick against Army. I thought they played Army very well, and I think they could have easily won that game, two-goal game. Like, I have no regrets there. Um, however, I, I won't go against the Hoyas. I, I think that this squad has seemed to start have they're, they're figuring something out and they put up way more goals than I thought they would have against high point. Um, I will put the caveat in here. This is a red alert trap game for the Hoyas red alert could easily see Lehigh pulling this one out on the road. Um, but I, I have faith in Georgetown that they keep it going. So I'm going to go with the Hoyas. I have very little faith in the Hoyas. Um, opposed to I believe that this is a very winnable game for the Mountain Hawks. Um, again, another game where if the script was flipped on my standings right now, I would be all in on the Mountain Hawks. Um, just Georgetown, they've rattled off three wins, but those three wins are against a struggling Princeton team, a Richmond team who took them to one goal, and a high point team who just can't, can't match up. Um, on opponents or can't match up against an opponent like Georgetown with the guys that they have on offense. I think Lehigh has a very awesome defense. I said earlier that they have that freshman who's leading the country and cause turnovers. I think he eats against these Georgetown attackmen who have proven that they can't uh, win close games against uh, very tough opponents, uh, Penn, Notre Dame, Hopkins, just to name a few. Um, but again, Got to pick and choose my battles, so I'm going with Georgetown, but I think Lehigh will take this one. I'm going Georgetown in this game. They impressed me a lot against High Point. I did not expect them to beat them by that much. 
they had nine different guys score multiple points that game. And I think that just goes to prove that uh, just like Kevin Warren said, I think after what the Richmond game, I think it was, um, that they're finally kind of playing as a team now. Uh, yeah, he, he basically said they're, they're not playing as individuals anymore. Right. Um, Princeton or Richmond, whichever game he said it after that. I, I Their offense looks like it's clicking. And if this offense can actually click, they do have a lot of really good pieces, like we said in the preseason. And I think at home, they realize that they need some momentum and they can make a statement against a good Lehigh team that is on that fringe top 20. So I, I like Hoyas at home in this game. You know what? Screw the standings. I'm I'm picking Lehigh right now. Let's go. Let's freaking go. Lehigh. Yes, boy. I love it. Yeah, I love it too. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna be catching up this week. <laughs> All right. Next up, uh, Navy is taking on Holy Cross in another Patriot League matchup. Um, yeah, I'm gonna take Navy here. I think they had a very solid game against Hopkins, and I think they continued uh, from that momentum despite their loss. Uh, Holy Cross now has been awarded the driver's seat of the struggle bus after Canisius won a game finally. And they Navy get the captain not, hat. Yeah, Navy's not that bad, so Navy's going to win this game. Holy Cross, holy hell, go midshipmen. All right, uh, next up we have the Mercer Bears taking on Jacksonville. Uh, I think this is Jacksonville's first Asun game? Second. They beat Bobby Mao. Second. Mo. That's right. They beat Bobby Mao. So, yeah, second, second or third game for both teams. Um, uh, yeah, I'm going to take Jacksonville here. They're still playing teams that they should beat, and they should beat Mercer. Yeah, they're going to win this game. I, I'm really interested if Jacksonville keeps winning Asun games. Like, even though they're winning, they keep going the wrong way in the standings and it's kind of funny like <laughs> so and they might be dropping in the rankings even though they win they're getting penalized for <laughs> success uh the, yeah jacksonville's gonna win this game they have two hard games left this year against utah and air force and utah is struggling a lot so i think they'll win that game like i, I don't think jacksonville's gonna lose another game this year and they're playing some not amazing opponents so they're probably gonna stay right around there but i like them at home in this matchup Good stuff. Next up, we have our number 20 team, Boston Terriers against Lafayette, uh, who had a very impressive win, I think. Um, or no, they a very impressive loss, I would say. No, they beat um, um, They beat Colgate in overtime. That's right. I watched They burned us all. They burned yep. us all. Yep. Yeah, I should know that. I watched that game live. Um, that This Lafayette team, they have a lot of energy. They play with an attitude. I can see this game being very close considering uh, Boston being on a short week. I think the short week does matter, but I can also see Boston sneaking away a, a win in a close game like that. Um, but watch out for Lafayette, man. They're under they're, uh, they're dark horses in this Patriot league standings. I agree that Lafayette's a dark horse boy, but I don't think Boston's going to let any, Patriot League win go away from them in a conference that they have to fight for every single one. So one that might be a little bit easier, they're not going to let that go away. I've got Boston winning this game. Couldn't agree more with both of your analyses. 
going to take the Terriers in a close game. All right. Next up, we have a really intriguing America East matchup. We have Mary Mac Warriors traveling to UMBC. And both of these teams are one and two in their last three games after some red hot starts. And they're desperate for a win, especially a conference win. I'm leading UMBC. And I think I'm going to take UMBC solely, solely because they are at home in this game. Both teams statistically are really even. Both are struggling at the faceoff dot, winning about 40 to 45% on the season. And both have very good goalies and solid close defense units. And offenses that are, I would say, mid-link that are, have shown they can put up points sometimes, but also struggle in some key games. So this one's really interesting how it's going to play out. I, I'm, But I'm going to take UMBC just because, like I said, they're at home and they know this conference. And I... Yeah, I think they're going to have more juice in them for this one. So, Retrievers at home. Totally, totally agree. If this game is happening in Massachusetts, I am unequivocally taking the Warriors, especially how poorly UMBC played on the road against Bryant. I think we all saw that coming. Um, Just tough for UMBC to travel. Uh, Yeah, they're at home. I think their defense plays lights out at home. And Merrimack... They've traveled well to Denver, but this UMBC defense is still pretty legit. So I got to take UMBC, but this is a great America East matchup. Yeah, considering the talent level and the way these both both of these teams play, this could, this has potential to be another Towson UMBC 2.0 type of game. Um, I'm going to go with UMBC here um, strictly because of the standings as well, but. I can see this game going either way. I think this is a very low-scoring, tight game. Next up, we have Stony Brook on the road to Monmouth. Um, Yeah, I think Stony Brook has been a bright spot for me this year. Um, I think they get a good win here against Monmouth. A a better Monmouth team than last year, don't get me wrong. But I like Stony Brook a lot here, even though they're on the road. I agree. Monmouth is good. They did a good outing against Villanova, but they also just got decimated by Delaware. And Stony Brook has dropped 18 and 19 in their last two games. I've got the Seawolves on the road. Yeah, I got Stony Brook as well. Um, just these two offenses, they're night and day. Uh, Stony Brook is a high-paced, high-scoring offense. They got shooters on the field. Monmouth, they're more slow and methodical. I like the uh, fast pace of the Seawolves this week. All right, boys. Next up, we have one of our marquee Mac matchups. That's right. You have the Mount St. Mary's Mountaineers hailing from Emmitsburg, Maryland, on the road to New York to take on the now two-win Wagner Seahawks. Gentlemen, we've got ourselves a game in this one. Put it on your TV, maybe on the phone to the side. Catch a a side eye to this one. Let me tell you why. All right. Last time out, this was a five to nine game. Ooh, scintillating stuff. It was in New York. The Mount drove, they drove back home victorious. Uh, So the Mount won that game. I I think this is a UMBC like game where if the Mount are at home, I'm going to take them. But I like Wagner here. I never thought I would take the Seahawks, 
but I am. This is a year for taking NJIT and Wagner. I think Wagner has a little win streak going. Credit them for beating Quinnipiac in three overtime. Like, that was a huge, huge win. It's enough to convince me to take him here. So I am. I like the mount, even though they, I like the mount for beating LIU. Don't get me wrong. But I like Wagner here. What do you guys think? Take the floor, Hoyt. You got the first point. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. It's definitely an interesting matchup. The battle of the two and five and two and six teams of Division One. Uh, certainly big time Mac implications. Um, but I'm going to take Mount here. I went to uh, the Boys Latin Lacrosse game yesterday and I ran into an old teammate of ours, uh, Appy Townsend. And Atherton. Atherton, yes. Um, and you know what? Uh, just from the vibes and, you know, what this game means this week, I'm going to go with his alma mater, the Mount St. Mary's. Boy, I could not agree more. This game, it's going to be close. And if it was at the Mount, I would be hands down fully convinced they would win this game. The reason I am still picking them, even though it's away, is that I do not hold a lot of weight into an OT win over a Quinnipiac team that looks like their win over Brown is just the most, like the biggest anomaly game this year, probably. I don't know how they won. I don't know how Brown lost, but Quinnipiac has been struggling since then. And their only win since that game is a one goal win over Canisius. And we all know that they are not too hot of a team. And Mount St. Mary's, on the other hand, they're also coming off a good win against LIU. And that was, I think, just for their own morale, their offense showed up in a way that they have not, period, in literally any other game this season. So I I like the Mount, and especially because Mount St. Mary's has a clear, clear, clear definitive advantage at the faceoff X. I think they're going to win probably 60 to 40 advantage on that. And I think that'll be the difference in this game. And that'll be enough where Mount gets a very, very much needed Mac win. Good stuff. Next up. Yeah. The Providence Friars are welcoming the UNC Tar Heels up North, our number 12 team in the country. Um, I'm taking UNC here. Providence is night and day when it comes to what kind of team is going to show up each week. They're four and four. UNC is looking for another bounce back game. So I like the Tar Heels here. Yep, I agree, Voight. Providence is not slowing down UNC's offense. Tar Heels at home. Totally agree. Uh, Bobby Benson's done a great job this year. Doesn't have the program that Joe Bresci does. Tar Heels at home. All right. Now we get to what is the third game in as many weeks of just our top three teams duking it out. We have Virginia Cavaliers traveling to Notre Dame for the first installment of this matchup this year. And this game is going to be a good one. Liam Entman and Pat Cavanaugh are on the Torton watch list for a reason. These guys are holding down both ends of the field for Notre Dame and are just electric to watch, just both of them. Pat Cavanaugh's distribution ability as a junior is 
honestly already at the same level as Sowers at Princeton or Amon at PSU. I mean, his vision is out of this world. And I think that him and the rest of that Notre Dame team are going to make a statement and beat this UVA team by a couple goals at home. I love that this matchup is on ESPNU. I think it might be the first game on ESPNU this year. Maybe there's a Hopkins game earlier, but totally deserves to be on primetime TV. A monumental matchup with top 20 ACC, NCAA seed implications. All of it is on the table in this one. I think as a group, we've been right in that we've been high on the Cavaliers, but not that high. I think we've kind of been aware that Notre Dame was probably going to be better than them earlier. And if you look at Virginia and kind of my comments on them, and yeah, they're a really good team. But their defense has been exposed in almost every game they've played. Michigan, Harvard, Hopkins, Towson, and clearly Maryland. Like, there's been points in all those games where there's been real questions, especially Matthew Nunes and Cage. Like, sometimes he's great, sometimes he's not. He's kind of got an Alex Road vibe. And Alex Road was a phenomenal All-American, two-time national champion goalie. But sometimes goalies go cold. For me, I have to agree, Notre Dame, Notre Dame all day here. Um, I, I think even though they're ranked higher, they have the underdog mentality. I think they still need to cognitively like beat Virginia to be feel like they're accepted as a premier program. Um, yeah, but we have an absolute Game of Thrones vying for the Iron Throne here this week. But this week, gentlemen, it is the Golden Throne for the Golden Domers. Notre Dame at home. Yeah, Glazer, I thought you summed up my uh, take perfectly. Like, UVA, they got a great team. They got a great offense. Um, They're a bunch of hardos for 10-man riding uh, throughout the entire game. Um, But their defense is questionable. Um, They're very tall. They can play solid one-on-ones. But against against a Notre Dame team with the Kavanaugh's and just a bunch of great uh, additional pieces around them who can play, who can play at the highest level is it's just insane for me to think that Virginia is going to keep this game close. I think this is probably a three to five goal win for the Irish. Um, Their offense is on fire. I thought, I thought their unis against, um, again, who did they play this past weekend? I forget. Michigan. Michigan, that's right. Those unis were sweet. Um, yeah, Notre Dame, they are proving everybody else and the committee wrong from last year. Um, they're awesome to watch. I have a hard time finding any cracks on the defense who plays with an attitude, will hit you and make you feel it. Um, and the offense will fire right back at you and put the ball in the back of the net. Um, yeah, where it, it's the same thing where I see with Monmouth against uh, Stony Brook. Virginia seems more slow and methodical. Notre Dame is firing on all cylinders right at you. So I'm going to go with the Irish here. All right. Now, I mean, that game was great and all, but it's got nothing on this next game. That's right. We've returned to the Mac with VMI on the road to Sacred Heart. It just gets better and better every game, guys. All right. Last week, you made fun of me for taking VMI against Siena, but well, well, well. The Key Nets 
hold through for me. And you know what, VMI? You do me a favor, I do you a favor. I'm with you all the time, like Loyola. I like you here, even though you're on the road in Connecticut. I think you get this win versus Sacred Heart. I think Sacred Heart is due a win. 0-7 does not look great. And VMI, you have not played that well on the road, but you got my back. You're going to win this one. Let's go, Kidets. Uh, yeah, Glazer, you just took the words out of my mouth as to why I'm not picking the Kidets in this game. They only they are 1-3 in road games so far, and their one win was the OT win over Queens. And... Lo and behold, Sacred Heart, this is their second home game of the year, and this is their eighth game. They've played six games away and one game at a home for their first seven, and their only other home game was against Drexel, and they took that down to the wire with a good Drexel team, and they only lost 12-11. So this game, this St. John's team, or Sacred Heart team, is hungry, hungry for a win. They are 0-7, but... They're going to get their first win of the season this year, I think, at home. They're going to throw a rager afterwards. These boys are hungry for a dub. Sacred Heart at home over VMI. I had a headache picking this game. I think I switched <laughs> my picks probably seven or eight different times. Um, but, yeah, you know what, Blazer? Yeah, you got me. I totally fell off the VMI train and then they go and beat Sienna who I thought was going to win by the same exact score that they lost. Um, but I've been harping on it on Sacred Heart all year. They've been knocking at the door. It's their second home game. I didn't realize that they have played a metric ton of away games this year. Um, but you know what? Sacred Heart's second game at home, hungry for a win. I mean, the script writes itself, right? It does. <laughs> it does. I mean, yeah, I yeah, I got Sacred Heart here. Um, yes, please, boy, for the boy, love boy. of God, win. Nah, <laughs> but thank you. I'll take another VMI win all day. You know what, Glazer? If VMI wins, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I was going to say I'll pick VMI in every game this season. That's I don't think I'm going to do that. Don't do that uh, to yourself. Watch me All look right. like an idiot and VMI just rattle, or just clears the board <laughs> the rest of the season. Mac. That'd be absurd. All right, moving on to our next game. We've got a perennially great America East matchup in this one. We have Albany traveling up north to Vermont. And, oh boy, this is a really, really interesting game. Vermont's offense has taken a nosedive since Jonas Hunter was hurt in week three against Utah, and he is still their third highest point scorer, even though he's not played in over half of their games. The lack of production has really shown in most of their games since then, and Albany, on the other hand, has had a brutal non-conference schedule, and they've played two of the top five teams in the country so far in their first, I think, was it six games that they've played? They're two and four, I think. Um, I, this may be a little bit of an upset and I'm, it might be a little bit of a reach doing this, uh, but I, I know I haven't changed it on the sheet yet, but I, I, I really think I might be, I'm, I'm going to pull for Albany and I'm, I'm going to take Albany getting a win past what I think is a 
very, very shaky Vermont Catamount team. And I think this is also the year where every single other America East team can smell the blood in the water. Vermont has owned this get conference for the last two or three years. And every other team has to think that this is their chance to get that thrown back. So I, I like Albany in this matchup. Yeah, I totally agree, man. Um, Vermont, they're one and two at home this season. They have a losing record right now. Um, as opposed to a two and one uh, road record this year, um, this is the first road game for Albany since Syracuse. So they've had plenty of comfortability, plenty of time to figure out um, what they need to fix and what they need to do against a Vermont team who just, I man, they 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 are struggling to find a guy right now. I mean, they had a sixteen to 10 win against NJIT, but prior to that, they put up four goals against UMass, five against Harvard, 12 against Brown, who beat them 22 to 12, which probably was not even that close at all. Um, Vermont struggling. Albany needs a big road win going into conference play. I got the Great Danes, man. You guys suck. (laughs) (laughs) I thought we all were going to take Vermont. And I was going to come on the podcast and say, hey, guys, I think Albany's a great underdog pick. I'm going to switch live and, and take Albany. Well, you guys both did that. So I, I'm, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to stick with Vermont. I'm going to do a 180 on myself and say, no, Vermont we wins. You. <laughs> no, I swear, like, I took Vermont and I was like, you know what? No, I think Albany wins this game. And then you guys go ahead and do that. So, no, I'm, I'm reversing again. I'm sticking with Vermont. I think they win this game. Yes. Moving on. Wow. Sticking to your guns. I respect it. Next up, we have the new D1 Queens Royals taking on the Bellarmine Knights. Um, yeah, I, I got Bellarmine here. I think they are on a bit of a winning streak. Um, they just lost one. They they just lost to Utah. Okay, so yeah, they're five and two. They're pretty solid. They've proven that they can beat teams like Queens. Um, so uh, yeah, I I like Bellarmine at home here. I agree. I like Bellarmine a lot here, and I think they continue to compete for an ace on championship. Yeah, I won't put that loss against Utah with well, take it with a grain of salt. It was at Utah. That's really hard for any team to travel that far. I like Bellarmine at home. Good stuff. Next up. We have our dark horse team of the week, the Cleveland State Vikings, who have, I, I have had a lot of fun watching this year. I know Glazer has done, um, is excited to watch them this year too. Um, they're three and two right now. They've won three straight, beating Canisius, Bonaventure, and Lindenwood in a close game. Um, I'll just, I'm going off script a little bit here, but I think Lindenwood is, is a pretty solid team. Uh, for a first-year D1 program, um, only only losing by two against the Vikings. Vikings are going over to Robert Morris, who is on a on the opposite end of the spectrum on a three-game losing streak, losing to Hobart, High Point, and Jacksonville. Um, they need a solid home win. Um, Cleveland State. Mm, it's going to be a tough one. Bobby Moe is a tough team, but I got I have to stick with Bobby Moe here. But I honestly, this is a game where I'm like, I don't care who comes out a winner here, but 
I, I just want to enjoy some good quality lacrosse. So very tempting to take Cleveland State here. If you want a dark horse, this is your dark horse. I'm going to agree with Voight. I'm going to take Bobby Moe. But I'm going to give credit to Cleveland State. Look at their uniforms. They have like this forest green cascade XRS with oh, it just it no decals. It just goes really well. Old school. Cleveland State's got it going on, but I, I don't think they get this one against Bobby Bell. You guys took all of the words out of my mouth and said everything great. Bobby Mo, agree with everything you guys said. All right, next up we have the Bucknell Bison taking on Colgate Ra- Raiders, who are coming off an OT loss to Lafayette. Um, both teams really need a Patriot League win under their belts. Both are one-win teams. Bucknell hasn't won since that week one game against Mercer. Colgate, um, they, like I said, just are coming off that loss against Lafayette. It's a home game for Colgate, and I think the home team takes it here. It's honestly crazy to me that both of these teams are one-win teams, but I, it's similar to the uh, – what was it? The Sacred Heart BMI game where I picked Sacred Heart just because of home field advantage. I I think, oh no, the UMBC Merrimack game where I picked UMBC just because of home field advantage. Very similar feeling to that. Colgate plays really well at home. So I like them in this Patriot League matchup. I agree with both you guys, but I'm going to disagree in the analysis. Like I think Colgate probably wins this one handily and it looks a lot like their win over Navy. We knew Bucknell was going to play Loyola close. I don't think Colgate allows that to happen. So I like the Raiders here a lot. All right, moving on to the next game. We've got Hobart Statesman traveling up to the Dome, visiting Syracuse. Oh, boy, I love Hobart with all my heart, and I want them to win, but my brain is stopping that pick from happening. Hughes is 4-4, but they're a solid team who have shown that they can hang with the best in the country this year. I, yeah, I have Syracuse winning this rivalry matchup, even though I will be rooting for Hobart during this game. Yeah, Syracuse, they, they've lost four games, but those four losses were to Maryland, UNC, Duke, and Hopkins, all top 15 teams right now. And they probably lost those games just because of the sole fact that they are very young on the offensive side of the ball. Um and Hobart, yeah, they're just night and day. You don't know what kind of Hobart team is going to show up week in and week out. I like Syracuse here in the Dome. Yeah, I, I would be inclined to take Hobart if Will Mark didn't exist. But he does, and this team is way better for him and with him. So I like Syracuse here. Good stuff. Next up, we have a very interesting Big Ten matchup. That's right. Big Ten is get starting up this week. I'm so excited because this is going to be tough, gritty lacrosse for the next seven, eight weeks. Um, it's going to be awesome to watch, and I think any team in the Big Ten could make it to the tournament. Uh, sadly, one team will have to sit out and pray that they get an at-large bid. Um, right now, it's looking like that Michigan team right now. And uh, Hopkins is taking them on this weekend at uh, the number eight spot. Um, Listen, Hopkins, they squeaked by um, against Navy and Delaware this week. Uh, Granted, they were on a short week. It was two games over three days. Um, But 
at DB1, there are no excuses. Um, so, and Hopkins, I'm just not a, not too huge on them anymore. I, yes, they are playing like a top 10 team because the division one landscape is all over the place right now. Um, I, I said it, I said it in the text, but I, I just don't think they play, they play clean lacrosse. I think they go out there and play a little dirty. Um, and Michigan, they are a team that will hang around and bully you at points in the game. Um, I think they're on a bit of a winning streak uh, besides losing to obviously Notre Dame this past weekend. But I think this is a very evenly matched game, especially with how uh, Michigan has played so far this season. I'm going to take Hopkins here, but I think Michigan can bully them and really make them feel it in the Big Ten this year. Yeah, I mean, I think... I think the Big Ten's at a six-team tournament. I think everyone makes it. I think they changed it maybe last year. So even more even more enticing um, with both quarterfinals, although I might be wrong. Um, regardless, this is a huge game in my opinion. Um, I am. I was really, really considering taking Michigan. I thought that the situation really set up really well for them. They're coming off a kind of embarrassing loss to Notre Dame. Hopkins had a very emotional, tiring week winning that back-to-back. Like, it's just prime time for Michigan to upset a top 10 Hopkins-ranked team. But I, I just I just can't do it. Um, if you And the reason I'm taking Hopkins is if you look at their schedule after, they have Rutgers and then Penn State. Those are two huge games and two games they cannot afford um, to drop if they lose this Michigan game. So I like them because they kind of look at their schedule and they say, all right, well, we kind of have to win this Michigan game to at least give us some good footing in the Big Ten. Um, so I take Hopkins here. But if you want to pick Michigan, I don't think that's a bad pick at all. Yeah, I, I'm taking Hopkins here, too, and that's just because I know Voight touched on it. Uh, Hopkins has played five games in 15 days, spanning from March 4th to March 19th, and those were not easy games either. Those were all really hard, gritty wins and one loss against Virginia. This is their first week-long rest they've had in three weeks, and I think because of that, they're going to come out firing against Michigan and just like you guys said they know they need to win this this is a must-win Big Ten game like every single game is in this conference so I like the Blue Jays winning this game very nice don't worry guys we're heading back to the Mac that's right another very interesting Mac matchup as every Mac matchup is Sienna on the road to LIU a uh a good matchup teams that play very differently styled LIU probably likes to score a little bit more Sienna very comfortable keeping it at a 9-10 game this feels like a total toss-up for me I like the Sharks at home I think home field advantage as we've been saying is such a huge advantage in the MAC especially but I will reference Voight because I think he brings up this point every week when talking about Sienna and I looked it up today for myself they are still among the most disciplined teams in the nation. They have like the fewest turnovers. It's incredible how little they turn the ball over. And in the MAC, discipline, lacrosse means more possessions, and that means you win games. I think this LIU team is a little bit turnover happy, and against the Sienna team, I don't think that fares well. So I'm going to go with Sienna on the road here. Yeah. Um, 
Siena, despite their loss this past weekend, they still are just very good at controlling the ball on offense and picking and choosing their battles. Um, and LIU, they've just been struggling this year. Um, I don't have too much confidence in them. And, you know, I think uh, this is a big win for the Siena Saints here. Similar to, like I said, for Hobart last week when I picked them over Providence, Siena is on the every other schedule where they do not do anything back-to-back. And they are now 3-3, three and three, alternating wins and losses the whole season. They are in line for a win against LIU, and that's exactly what I think they're going to get. I like the Saints in this game. Next up, we have St. Bonaventure on the road to Marquette. Um, look, Marquette has been pretty solid all year, but they took it to another level with the win over Penn State. That is program defining, uh, halting that Penn State, um, just firing win streak. So, yeah, I love Marquette here against San Bonaventure. Um, I think they win pretty comfortably and Bobby O'Grady has himself a day. Marquette is our surprise team and a well-deserved one at that. They beat a Penn State team that looked kind of unstoppable for a little bit after their Ivy wins. I have them winning, and it's impressive. They're 2-0 against Big Ten teams this year, so go Golden Eagles. All right, moving on to some more America East action. We have the just confusing Binghamton Bearcats at home against NJIT. Uh, they don't make sense to me still, but the more games they play, the more it seems like the game against Lafayette was an outlier. So I'm going to take Bearcats at home in this one. Yeah, I mean, perplexing team of the year award goes to Binghamton, hands down. Um, the good news is whether they're good or bad, it doesn't matter. They're going to beat NJIT pretty much guaranteed. So. We'll see how by how much, but yeah, they're going to win. Yeah, I got Binghamton here too, uh, Just, but it's another weird game, uh, weird game alert here right now. So yeah, um, just watch out. Next up, we have another Ivy League showdown with the number nine ranked Yale Bulldogs going south to New Jersey to take on the number 18th ranked Princeton Tigers. Um Ivy League continues to be just a real fascinating show of up and down this year. Um, Princeton had won six straight against Yale prior to Yale beating them 14 to 10 in the regular season. Um, as I mentioned earlier, when I went to the or I said earlier, when I went to the Cornell and Yale game, I was just not impressed by Yale. Um, they showed moments of grace and excellence on the offensive end, but they just couldn't sustain it and they couldn't get possessions. On the flip side, we all took Princeton. We all lost. Princeton lost. But Princeton, despite losing, has shown that they can play with people. They're playing with Rutgers. They're playing with Penn. They're they're just I, I feel like they're playing a little bit better. Um, and the Yale defense, despite being better against Denver, kind of regressed against Cornell. Um, and that concerns me a little bit. So I'm going to go Princeton here again because they're home. And I also think that if Princeton wins and they beat a team higher ranked than them, it just creates more Ivy chaos. And I'm here for Ivy League chaos. Yeah, this is a, an interesting one here because both teams are 
uh, coming off of lot, tough losses. Um, but I'm, I'm just not, I'm not sold on Princeton. I don't know if I have been sold on Princeton this year. Um, they are on a four game losing streak. Uh, last two games that they lost were one goal games, um, against Rutgers and Penn. But I think that Yale overestimated Cornell just a bit, which is why the margin uh, of the score was so high. I think their defense gets together this week after a tough game. Uh, They figure some stuff out, and they take down this Princeton team, who I think uh, hasn't been able to get it done in the late stages. I completely agree with you. I I think this Yale team just their offense underperformed against Cornell and Boyd and I have both been in a locker room with Matt Brandau when the offense on a team underperforms and lets the defense down and we both know how how, how he reacts as a leader and on the practice field and I can tell you that he by example is going to be taking it to this Princeton team I I I also think that that game was just Cornell kind of flexing and just proving that they're the top dog in the Ivy this year, unequivocally. And Yale, I still think, is the second best team in this conference, and I have them beating Princeton on the road. Fair enough. It is a toss-up game, if there ever was one in the Ivy. Next up, we have Richmond on the road to St. John's. St. John's, I believe, is 0-8. I believe they will be 0-9. Richmond gets another win here and preps themselves for a 10 play. I could not agree with you more. I am fully with the Spiders in this game. I have the Spiders as well. All right. Moving on to a game that pivots on an interesting caveat to it. We have (laughs) the Brown Bears traveling to UMass Minutemen. And... I so the Brown Bears seniors, the guys that have been suspended for the last two weeks now, I guess. Apparently, their suspension ends the day of this game. And you think not, we're we're pretty sure we're pretty sure. Yeah, we we as a podcast, we are not positive if that means that the seniors will be allowed to play in this game or not. And I also don't know, have they been allowed to practice with the team? I don't know. I would assume no, no but I don't know. No, no. We, we don't have a suspension like that would not allow them to practice. Okay, so they probably have been practicing. I, I, I'm not sure. And I made my pick just assuming that the seniors are still out, that McLean's still not playing, the rest of them aren't playing. And I still think that even without their seniors, I think Brown's offense is good enough to put enough past UMass to outpace a just terrible offense that they have. I mean, it is so bad. So I, I'm, I'm going to take the Browns on the road or Brown on the road in this game. Interesting. Yeah. Um why did I say interesting? That's not so interesting. Um, yeah, I'm taking Brown here as well. Um, I think even without their uh, studs, they're still better than this UMass Minutemen team who have been hot and cold for most of the year. Um, seems like when they play well, they play well, but it seems like when you know games get tight, they, t- they tend to fold. Um, so, yeah, I'm going with Brown here. Um, 
and I, I don't know if it's that close, honestly. I'm going to surprise myself with this pick, and I'm going to take UMass. And I know that's rich coming from an Ivy League guy, um, but I'm going to take UMass for a couple reasons. First, they are on a quiet three-game winning streak against Brown. They've won the last three. And I think Brown, you know, credit to them, you guys have pointed out, they've certainly stuck around without their senior class. However, I think it is hugely damaging for this program to have not had their seniors and then have their seniors come back and reassume their roles, especially after not practicing. Like, I just, I don't like that mixology for a team in the middle of a season. Um, and whether they play or not today, it doesn't make a difference to me. I'm going to take UMass. I like UMass playing in Amherst, even though it's not that far for Brown. Um, the reason I'm, I guess the other reason is I, I was so proud of UMass for keeping Rutgers to 11 because they're doing what we keep saying they're doing. They're keeping teams around 10. The question is, can they score more than 10? I think they can against Brown, and I think they win a one or two goal game in overtime. This is by no means a blowout, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go UMass, and that's gonna be kind of my personal bold pick of the week. Wow. All right, good stuff. Next up, we have another A Sun matchup: the Lindenwood Lions are taking on Air Force here. I'm taking Air Force here, but I think I stated it earlier, Lindenwood seems like a much better program than I think many of us anticipated for their first year in the uh, first year at the Division One level. So, but I think Air Force is the better team here. I agree, Boyd. Uh, goes against the fact that Air Force is currently losing 15 to four against Duke, but you know, I think Air Stinks. Force is going to beat Lindenwood at home in this game air force is a force to be reckoned with in uh, in the a sun no doubt and i think they handle lindenwood here without much trouble all right next up we've got another caa matchup we have delaware traveling to hofstra uh delaware fought to the end against hopkins and that game was a game of runs and hofstra folded they folded delaware <laughs> Uh, and because of that and how they played in out of conference, their eyes are fully set on CAA play. And I think they're just going to give it to every single team. Hofstra has been nowhere near good enough this year. Delaware is winning this game. So I, I realized I had the Hofstra logo on at my pick sheet. <laughs> I think I just copied the wrong thing. I'm definitely, yeah, taking, I'm definitely taking Delaware here. Definitely okay. taking the blue heads. Smart. Yeah, I got the blue hens here too, but God forbid that this is a close game. It's Hofstra, so it will be. Mm, I don't like that. Next up, we have Marist on the road to Quinnipiac. Quinnipiac. Well, let me let me contextualize this game differently. Both these teams are coming off losses that just just hurt a little bit different. You have Marist coming off a loss to Canisius, which that is doesn't make you feel good when you go to bed at night. Similarly, for Quinnipiac, you lose to Wagner, which makes you consider some things when you wake up in the morning. Just these guys on both these teams are going through it, thinking through those losses. And I think because of that, this is shaping up to be a pretty 
spicy conference matchup. Um, they have been hot and cold all year. Drabin said it earlier, Quinnipiac beating Brown. Was that just the lacrosse anomaly of the year? I'm going to take Quinnipiac here. They're at home. Marist is 1-4 and four on the road. I think this is a total pick but I'm going to go with Quinnipiac. I think they probably rebound a little bit better from a loss than Marist does. Yeah, I. this game is incredibly tough. And here's the reason why. Both of these teams' last two games have been against Wagner and Canisius, and they both did the opposite thing against both teams. Marist beat Wagner, lost to Canisius. Quinnipiac beat Canisius and lost to Wagner. And I, I am looking at this again. I'm going to flip my pick. I'm going to pick Quinnipiac because looking at all four of these games, two for Marist and two for Quinnipiac, the home team has won every single time. So solely because Quinnipiac's at home in this game, I'm going to, I'm going to have to side with them and I'm going to roll with the Bobcats. Don't forget to change your pick as well. I just thought I'd throw that out there. I'm aware. Um, yeah. But yeah, I got the Bobcats here as well. Um, not much to add. Our final Ivy League matchup of the weekend has Harvard on the road to Dartmouth. Oh, boys. I was I was so excited for the Big Green. Remember how I almost took them against North Carolina? Good news, everyone. Good news, everyone. I didn't. I didn't switch my pick, and I am a better man for it. Um, I don't think Dartmouth's Ivy League win comes against uh, Harvard. I think it probably comes against Brown. Um, so I'm going to take Harvard here. I think um, Voight has done a great job of explaining all the all the goods of Harvard, and I agree with him. So I'm going to take him here. Yeah, Harvard's a good Ivy League team this year, and I think people are discounting them right now. Um, I think they walk away from this Dartmouth game and walk away with a win pretty handedly. Yeah, I'm also picking Harvard. Uh, Dartmouth has a chance to make it a little bit of a fight um, because their face-off guy, Mitchell Myers, is without a doubt the best FOGO in the Ivy League conference. He went 71% against North Carolina, but as we saw from that game, it doesn't matter. Dartmouth also rivals St. Joe's with possibly the worst goalie situation of any team in D1 this year. All three of their goalies have had playing time, and none of them are higher than a 43% save percentage. It's rough out there for Dartmouth, and it's going to get rougher with this game against Harvard. Harvard's winning on the road. Good stuff. Next up, we have in a, a top 10 matchup. I almost said top 15, but no, this is top 10, and it's a big 10 matchup as well. Um, Going to be an electric game between the number 10 Penn State Nittany Lions and the number two Maryland Terps. It's going to be, I think, a very close game. Um, it's going to be a very tough-fought game, I think. The, the matchup between Maryland's defense and Penn State's attack is going to be an interesting watch. And it's certainly going to be an interesting watch to see what the Penn State defense does against Maryland's uh, attack, who has been slowly gaining confidence each with each game this year. Um, they look they looked very solid against uh, 
against UVA, jumping out to that 3-0 lead um, and then falling to a a few goals deficit at halftime and just bounced back and just kept battling. Penn State's coming off that loss to Marquette, who I think just pumped the brakes on their Ivy League championship run this year. Um, I really like the Terps here. I think this is going to be a very solid game and should be one of the most entertaining Big Ten games to watch of this year. Goalie play, goalie play, goalie play. It's going to come down. Ben Rubel. Come down to goalies in this game. Voight just name dropped him. Rubel has been playing freaking lights out for the Terps since he went in, I think, in like the third week, I guess, after uh, McNanny went down. And I think their other second string at the time played for one game. Yeah, um, it was the third game of the season. Okay. And similarly for Penn State, Jack, oh God, I'm going to butcher his last name, Frakion? Frank Don't worry. Is- no one from inside the cross can pronounce it either. So we're good. Whatever it is. The starting goalie for PSU, both of these teams have kind of ebbed and flowed with how their goalie play has gone. And Maryland didn't have great goalie play in their one loss to Loyola and in Penn State's two losses against Marquette and Villanova, those games, Frakian did, those are two of three games this year that he was under 50%. Every other game, he's been lights out and above 50% and played phenomenally against teams. So it's honestly going to be whichever goalie can have a highlight real day. Besides that fact, Maryland, though, I think is just... Uh, they look reloaded again and it looks like the Loyola game was just a blip in the system somehow and they look amazing. So I, I'm going to pick Terrapins in this game. I'm going to pick the Terrapins as well. Uh, I, I think um, Penn State has been a great story the past month, but I think Maryland brings them a little bit back down to reality. Don't get me wrong, Penn State is still a very dangerous team in the Big Ten, um, but I think Maryland's Maryland is certainly new this year. They're fresh, but Maryland always has the feel of a mature lacrosse team. And I think Penn State had kind of showed their youth and inexperience a little bit in big spots against Marquette. And I think Maryland's kind of seasonedness at the top prevails in this one. So I like the Terps here. My blind loyalty has a two and one record when I am the only one picking Maryland this year. I just thought I should point that out because I meant to point it out. But yeah. Fair. Terps are awesome. That's fair. Moving on to the next game, we have another America East matchup. We have Bryant traveling to UMass Lowell. Bryant's offense was once again unstoppable. Hello, words. Unstoppable against UMBC. Uh, Yeah, this game feels like a blowout to me. I don't think UMass Lowell is going to come close. And I think Bryant's going to win their second America East dub. And I don't know if they're going to get another America East loss anytime soon, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, I got Brian in this game as well. Um, they're at UMS Lowell, but shouldn't mean much of a difference for them. Uh, Brian's a tough team. I think they come out with a tough win here. Turn on this game for like 30 seconds because you'll see in the background, there's like a field hockey field at UMass Lowell that's blue. It's like a Boise State blue turf field. It's kind of cool. That's probably all you should look at this game because Brian's going to win by a lot. 
Alrighty, next up, we have another A Sun matchup. The Utah Utes are taking on the Detroit Mercy Titans, who let me down against Mercer this past weekend. Um, not going to let me down this week, though. I got the Utes here. Yes, uh, I would agree. It uh, doesn't matter how far Utah is traveling for this game, they are going to beat Detroit Mercy. Yeah, Utah had a rough go of it in that out-of-conference schedule, but they played some really good freaking teams. Uh, now that they're moving into ASUN, I think they're we're going to see a little bit more of what we thought Utah was going to be. I like the Utes in this game. Our last Saturday game is, of course, has to be another MAC game. We have Canisius on the road to Manhattan. Canisius has won their last two, if I'm not mistaken, um, which is just, I mean, good for the Golden Griffs. They're a scrappy team. You know, they're going to get wins here and there. But um, I think we all think that Manhattan is probably a class above Canisius, and I think it shows here. Uh, so I do not think Canisius gets three in a row. I'm going to go with the Jaspers. I'm doing some quick mental math here real quick. Um, I was very close to going with the Golden Griffs here, considering their very, um, very solid wins against the Bonnies and Marist. Um, I think they're primed for a similar type game against a Manhattan team who has only put up nine goals in each of the last two games. Um, so, I almost, I'm not going to fall for recency bias just yet, but Canisius looks pretty good. I'm still going to take Manhattan, though. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely going with the Jaspers. Boyd, uh, to your point, only scoring nine the last two games. Uh, Manhattan's defense has let up less than 10 five of their seven games this year. Um, mm-hmm. And the two times they didn't, it was against Bryant and Princeton, who have lights out offenses. So, yeah, Jaspers are going to win. They're my favorites to win the MAC. I think they're going to sweep this conference. Already, our final Big Ten matchup of the week. Uh, this is a uh, one of the two Sunday games that'll be happening. This is the only uh, Sunday game. I believe. Well, actually, the uh, Cornell and Penn game got rescheduled huh? to Sunday. I was taking a quick look at inside the cross. Um, but this is on and, BTN. Yes, it will be on BTN. Um, and the Cornell Penn game will be on ESPNU on very Sunday. Very good. Very should be good. Very, should be very, very good indeed. Um, we have our number six Rutgers taking on Ohio State, who is our panic team. They just haven't looked great um, over the last few games, losing four of their last five on their only win coming against a Detroit Mercy team, who is a team that they should beat. They fell to Denver 17 to 12, who a lot of us thought would, uh, Denver would, uh, Denver would keep it close, but not, um, not win 17 to 12 score. Rutgers looks really good. Um, yeah, I think uh, Ohio State just has that struggle of uh, starting slow and being more methodical on their offense than Rutgers is. Um, Rutgers is very much still that uh, clear and let's fire at the net type team. They got shooters all over the field. I like Rutgers here. I I agree. Um, Ohio State has been very concerning. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, if they don't deserve to be the top 20 by any stretch of the imagination. I know I've gone on record saying I've been iffy about Rutgers. I think if Rutgers can put away Ohio State like Virginia did, I'm going to be sold on Rutgers um, fully. So I I don't expect that to happen, but if it does, I, I promise you I will be high on Rutgers here on out. Yeah, I, I'm already high on Rutgers, and this Ohio State team, I am – the complete opposite of that on uh i'm calling it now they are the michigan of this year they started out three and oh and i think they're gonna finish the year four and nine they only have big 10 games from here on out and it's Rutgers, penn state maryland hopkins michigan if they win another game i think it'll be against michigan but honestly it's at that's michigan, awesome and i don't think they're gonna pull that one off so i i don't think Ohio State's getting a win the rest of the year. I, I like Rutgers in this one. We conclude our week seven with another Monday night matchup, much like we are watching right now with the Brown Bears, who will definitively have all of their seniors back from their shenanigans on the road, traveling to Villanova. Um, I think depending upon how Brown plays against UMass, this could be a very, very exciting, interesting game for Brown um, on the road to maybe upset Villanova. Uh, I think they have that potentiality. However, I'm going to go with Villanova regardless of the UMass-Brown game. I think Villanova is showing great maturity. I think they are probably the clear favorites in the Big East, um, though we'll see. Uh so I'm excited to see how this Villanova team can do. And I, I'm excited to see how high they can get in the rankings. It's 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 cool to see Villanova doing this well. So I like him here. Yeah, it's certainly an interesting one because you, we don't know for certain if the Brown players are going to come back and play against UMass. And if, they, if the Villanova game is their first game back, they definitely have healthy guys who are rested all over the field and are definitely looking to take out a little bit of anger. Um, out on their on a, on opponent after having a three game hiatus, um, uh, I'm gonna take Villanova Villanova tentatively, but I will say that if the Brown guys don't come back for that UMass game, I'm more inclined to go Brown here. But for now, my pick is Villanova, um, but we'll see what happens on Saturday. Yeah, I'm. I'm also picking Nova in this game. I, I love that they're doing so well, and I I want to be on that bandwagon train for the Wildcats this year. And it also makes me hesitant to pick Brown, even though their seniors are coming back rested. It's only like five guys, and it's not like they all start across the board. They're double-dipping. Brown's double-dipping, and they're going to have a really, really hard game against UMass two days before this. That's a physical defense, and they're – like whoever is playing that game is going to get some bruises. Uh, so regardless, like even with the seniors coming back and like we touched on when we talked about the UMass game, if the seniors aren't practicing and haven't been practicing since the suspension has been enacted, even to throw them in on this game on a one day notice, they'd have one day of practice, which would be a walkthrough because they're definitely not doing a full practice with two games sandwiching no. the, that day. So like, I just nothing screams. Oh, pick Brown for this upset for me. So I'm I'm gonna go Wildcats all the way. And with that, that that wraps up our week seven 
picks for uh, for the Division One lacrosse landscape this week. You guys have any closing remarks before we sign it off? I will just say that little D3 shout out. Um, conference play is starting in D3 land as well. Um, exciting stuff there. And yeah, who will take the golden throne? That's my question. Um, will it be an orange throne? Will it be a red throne? Who knows? But there is a throne and it's out there and it's up for the taking. The turtle shell throne is in sights right now. Um, but yeah, it should be a good slate of games. Uh, I'll be at the WNL Lynchburg game on Saturday. Going to catch um, my little brother play. He uh, has gotten elevated to that starting midfield spot. So I'm excited to see uh, another game where he's getting a lot of playing time and making things happen. So I'm excited to see uh, those guys play and see what the Lynchburg Hornets have to say after a uh, tough weekend of the Mustang Classic. Oh, yeah, Grant. And I'll give a shout-out to MCLA, too. My boys there. Uh, some good lacrosse. Really good lacrosse, actually. If you guys – a lot of teams now have streams watching. So if you can fit it in with the pack schedule we already have, why not? But uh, that'll wrap it up for week seven for us. Another great weekend of lacrosse coming up. And once again, we're going to thank you all for joining us. We'll see you next week, and may the picks be ever in your favor.